Good morning. It is 7.43. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Joseph Zechevich. Virginia-based writer Mike Allen runs Mythic Delirium. It started as a sci-fi poetry zine, but now it publishes books. I sold, and I suppose I could put sold in quotes because some might view it this way, a kind of cyberpunkish short story to a zine. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. A West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources supervisor indicted in a federal grant investigation appeared in court Thursday. Caroline McGregor reports. Timothy Priddy, former director of the DHHR's Center for Threat Preparedness, was suspended after he allegedly lied about the verification process for millions of dollars worth of COVID-19 test kits. Priddy appeared in the U.S. District Court Thursday in Charleston after being indicted on four criminal counts. According to the indictment, an out-of-state vendor submitted $45 million in invoices for 500,000 COVID test kits. However, the vendor only reported 50,000 test results between October 2020 and March 2022. Priddy is accused of lying about the audit process during an interview with an FBI agent and a U.S. postal inspector and later making false statements before a grand jury. He entered a not guilty plea and was freed on bond. His trial date is set for December 19th. Reporting for West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor. Attorneys are also asking a judge to sanction the West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources because it did not keep emails and other electronically stored documents being sought in a class action lawsuit. Emily Rice has more. In a class action lawsuit against the DHHR, attorneys with Schaefer & Schaefer Law Firm, A Better Childhood, and Disability Rights West Virginia filed a motion on Wednesday morning asking U.S. District Judge Joseph Goodwin to grant the motion for sanctions. The motion accuses the DHHR of deliberate indifference to due process claims brought by the attorneys representing 12 foster children against DHHR. Governor Jim Justice's Chief of Staff Brian A. Abraham said the emails were deleted because of the Office of Technology's protocol to delete the emails of employees who'd left their positions with the state. This administration was unaware that there was a policy in place at the Office of Technology to delete the emails of employees who left employment with the state of West Virginia. So there's no basis whatsoever for any allegation that emails were intentionally deleted. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. A federal court has turned away a new challenge to the Mountain Valley Pipeline. A group of landowners in southwest Virginia sought an emergency injunction from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals last week. A three-judge panel denied the application on Wednesday, and construction will continue on the 303-mile natural gas pipeline. Earlier this month, the pipeline's builder Equitrans Midstream told federal regulators that it would not complete the project until next year and at a higher cost of $7.2 billion. Environmental groups and landowners had been successful in delaying the pipeline until Congress enacted a law in June that approved all the remaining federal permits it needed. Virginia-based writer Mike Allen runs Mythic Delirium. It started as a sci-fi poetry zine, but now it publishes books. Inside Appalachia's Mason Adams spoke with Alan about sci-fi, fantasy, and horror in Appalachia. What led you to actually start writing? My final year of college, this would have been in 91, 92. I sold, and I suppose I could put sold in quotes because some might view it this way, a kind of cyberpunkish short story 
to a zine called Gateways. And this was a pay-and-copy zine, which means that you were paid with a copy of the zine. And uh, that gave me just enough encouragement that I began to pursue it with pretty ferocious dedication. And so can you kind of walk us up and t- tell me a little bit about how you got from that point as an undergraduate at Virginia Tech to where we are today, sitting on your couch here in Vermont? The publications that I was able to land after I graduated from Virginia Tech uh, ended up laying enough groundwork that I was able to apply to and get accepted into the Hollins University creative writing program. The very final thing I wrote at Hollins became the kernel of what was my first professionally published story, a science fiction story called Stolen Souls. Fast forwarding to a year after I graduated from Hollins, I took on my first editing project. But that project was an anthology called New Dominions, Fantasy Stories by Virginia Writers. And it's one where I paid in copy to the people who participated because that was still a somewhat acceptable thing then for a zine. To to skip ahead again, my experience with New Dominions is what laid the groundwork for me to start the zine Mythic Delirium. That zine created a platform where I ended up actually working with the likes of Ursula K. Le Guin, Neil Gaiman, uh, Joe Haldeman, uh, Ian Watson, Jane Yolen, and a number of writers who were just kind of starting out as I was starting out who have gone on to become huge in the field, like Catherine M. Valenti or, or Ken Liu. They had pieces appear in Mythic Delirium. I began also publishing books by some of the authors that I worked with. And that is what I still do now. I'm curious as to, you know, what you see when you look at Appalachia. What's it look like from your perspective in the sci-fi fantasy horror world? So here's an interesting thing for me. Roanoke is unique in that there, and some of it I think actually goes back to, you know, Nelson Bond having been based here, who was extremely active in the 1930s and 40s and 50s in the magazine scene that existed at that time. And uh, writers like Shirley McCrum, you're kind of making Roanoke, or at least the Roanoke region, their home base. Roanoke has this very robust culture for celebrating its writers, regardless of, of what they write. Those of us who are based here, like myself, or Rod Belcher, who writes under the name R.S. Belcher, or uh, Amanda McGee, who's an up-and-coming writer whose work is definitely Appalachian uh, and you know has a bit of witchery. In, involved, uh, you know, we've experienced uh, the benefit of that. 
That was writer-publisher Mike Allen speaking with Mason Adams. And you can hear the rest of that interview and more on Inside Appalachia, Sunday mornings at 7 and Sunday evenings at 6 on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. It is 7.51. This is West Virginia Morning. And for weather in West Virginia today, mostly sunny skies. Temperatures from the high 60s and mid-70s. Tonight, mostly cloudy, slight chances of rain, and temperatures from the mid-50s. With tomorrow, Saturday, sunny skies, and temperatures from the mid-60s and 70s. Support for WVPB is provided by Dutch Miller Subaru in Charleston. Dutch Miller Automotive is proud to be dedicated to multiple community service initiatives and local charities. More about our team and the Subaru Love Promise at DutchMillerSubaru.com. And by The Wine Shop, offering selections of wine, cheese, craft beer, and gifts. Located at the Capital Market in Charleston. On Facebook at The Wine Shop. And this week's episode of Mountain Stage was recorded in Franklin, Tennessee, during the first of two shows at the Franklin Theater. Host Kathy Matea welcomed iconic country rock singer-songwriter Steve Earle, a mandolin master... Uh, mandolin master Sam Bush, alt-country con- alt artist and multimedia star Elizabeth Cook, folk singing heir Sarah Lee Guthrie, and soulful observational songwriter Chris Pierce. Our song of the week comes to us from new grass pioneer and mandolinist Sam Bush, who has performed on Mountain Stage more than eight times. We listen to his performance of I'm Still Here.
the moss my shirts and all my bridges. Well, I never had a hat, so I don't care. I haven't had a meal since the fire went out. And all you do is sit around and stare, but I'm still here. I'm still here, so don't sweat it. Well, you might not see me laughing, but I'm still here. Cigarettes are gone, so is my money. So are all my nerves, are all my teeth. My hair is falling out, I'm getting skinny. My friends are either dead or on relief, but I'm still here. I'm still here, still breathing. Well, I might be good as baby. I'm still here, I'm still here, I'm still here, now how about that, my city may be falling, but I'm still here. That was Sam Bush performing I'm Still Here on the Mountain Stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in Saturdays at 6 and Sundays at noon right right here at West Virginia Public Broadcasting. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website at wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureau comes from Shepherd University. Our Appalachia Health News Project is made possible with support from CAMC and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Caroline McGregor is our assistant news director, and she produced today's show. I'm Joseph Zechevich. It's 7.58. You're listening to West Virginia Public Broadcasting.